much better that we move forward together and keep moving, moving ahead. Do you ever wonder when you come in here on a Sunday morning, like, why would people be bothered getting up early and coming in and making the coffee? Do you ever think, why would the band be bothered coming in and getting set up? And, well, it's even worse when we're in the school when we just have to turn up here and hawk all the stuff to the school and get it all set up and do all those things. Do you ever wonder, like, what, why, why would people turn up and do those things? And as you look around, as I look around the room, most of you are involved and already have turned up and doing things and being involved. Or, or whether it's the guys that come on a Wednesday night and take the stuff from our, our Compassion Resource Centre up at the Cummings' house and bring that, all the stuff down here for Reach on a Thursday morning. Do you ever sometimes wonder, why would, you, why would you be bothered doing all those things? Why would you be bothered giving up your time and, and all those things? And if you're new here today, um, I just want to, to let you know that our mission here as a church is we want to see the lost found. That means that we, we fully believe that our mission here as a church is that, that we help the Father, we go after the lost to bring them home to the Father, the lost children home to the Father. As we read scripture, we see that that is the heart of God, is to bring his lost children home. And we want to partner with him in that. So as a, as a church, our mission is to see the lost found, but also to see the found grown. All of us that already know Jesus and have given our lives to him and belong to the Father, then we want to work out how is it that we grow in our relationship and how do we move forward together in our relationship and grow in more in love with him, but also in love with each other and love in the world. I absolutely love that we get to do church together. I love that, that this church is not the perfect church, but this church is our church. That as I look out, you know, we're not all the shiny, you know, we're not all the beautiful glamorous people. Loads of you are, of course. Do you know what I mean? But, like, we're just normal, aren't we? We're just ordinary people who God has brought together in church. And we just long to see this community, not just, not just... We just don't want our own lives transformed and changed, but we want to see our neighbours' lives transformed and changed. We want to see our friends' lives transformed and changed by the power of God. We want to see actually our whole town and community transformed by the life of Jesus, don't we? We long to see this town be alive and vibrant with the presence of God. A really a place that, that would become a place that's a great place to grow up and a great place to grow old. And everything in between. So why would anyone give up their time? Why would anyone in their right mind give up their time to volunteer or to serve in a church context, whether that's in a Sunday morning context or whether that's on a Thursday morning or whether it's on a Friday night with the, the young people at Lava or whatever, wherever God is calling us or wherever you're serving, why, why would anybody in their right mind want to do that? You know, our lives are full, aren't they? Like I said last week, our lives are full and busy, and why would anyone want to do that? Well, let me tell you why I think you guys turn up and show up and volunteer and serve and give your time. I think it's because you have got up close and personal with God. And that you have taken a gamble in the words of Jesus. Some of you are going to say gamble, Jesus, in the same sentence. That doesn't sound very good. Stick with me. Mark 8 says this. Then he called his disciples and the crowds to come over and listen. And he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, he told them, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. And then Mark 10. Then the ten heard this, about this. They became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. So that's why you all show up and serve and give your time and your energy. It's because you realize that the words of Jesus are true. But somewhere inside in you that you've realized that those words of Jesus have resonated with you. Those words that say, if you give your life, if you lose your life, actually you gain it. If you want to be great, then how do you become great in the kingdom? Well, you pick up the servant towel and you put it over your arm and you wash the feet of those around you. No greater example than Jesus, is it? At the table where he, he took the towel and he washed his disciples' feet and he served them. You see, we truly believe here at the vineyard that actually the way to greatness, the door to greatness is through servanthood. The door to, to greatness in the kingdom is through becoming like Jesus who was a servant. That he didn't just pick up a servant towel and wash feet, but he actually gave his whole life. He gave his whole life. He sacrificed his life. The ultimate sacrifice. So that we could all know him. So this morning, what I would love us to do is I'm, I'm going to introduce these guys to you. They're going to tell you their stories of what's happening in their ministries. We have the ministry fair happening on this. Let me just put in a disclaimer before we start on this. This is not a big recruitment drive, okay? You're all thinking, oh, why did I call my day? I'm going to have to sign up for something else. <clears throat> this is not what this is about. But we want you to find the thing that ignites passion in you. Do you know what I mean? I think I loved Alison's wee jigsaw pieces when we were coming in the door. The welcome team were handing out jigsaw pieces. We want you to find where you fit. This is not about filling rotas. This is not about that. This is about you finding the place where you can put the towel over your arm and serve. Where you can find life in the servant. Where you can find a passion for something that you didn't even really know existed before. So my, my encouragement to you is at the end, you go around and you ask questions and you talk to the people on the different tables. And it's not about signing up, but it is about you finding out what do you do and why do you do this? Why, what, guys, why do you take this caravan to the moy on the weekends? What is that about night night people? Do you just want to party and it's just a, like a more respectable way to go partying? I don't know. <laughs> Ask the why. Why do you do this? What difference does it make to you? When you go serving, what's changed in your life since you started doing that? Those are the questions that I want you to be asking as you go around the tables and then you'll catch a real vision and you'll catch the passion of the people that are volunteering and heading up those ministries. Okay, I've spoken off this morning. Alison Flanagan. <laughs>
Okay, if you got something handed to you as you walked up the hill this morning, oh, there's a lot of people that must have been in the hall before we started. Okay. Uh, have you ever got anything on another morning other than this morning? Yeah, okay. If you had the opportunity to have a tea, a coffee, a piece of fruit, a drink of juice, give me a cheer. If you are sitting on a chair this morning, give me a knee roll. If you've been watching the slides on the screen this morning, give me a round of applause. And I know we've been checking whether we're on or off this morning, but if you can hear me and you've been listening to the worship team and connecting with God through that, I want you to stand up. Stand up. Give me a cheer and a round of applause. Okay. Simply by walking up that hill this morning and coming into this space, you have connected with and benefited from five of our ministry teams. That's quite something. Simply from the minute you got out of your car or walked down the street till you came into this space, you've connected with five of our teams. Now maybe you recognise some of the folk that do the welcoming and serve the tea and the coffee. But maybe there's some other faces that you just don't know. Faces and people who turn up here week in, week out and serve you by creating this space. A space where we connect with each other. A space where we connect with our friends, with newcomers. A space where we can hear, not just with these physical ears and see with these eyes, but a space where we get to connect and listen to God as well. You know, the wonderful thing about Vineyard is that we do all have a place to fit. There is somewhere for everybody. We often use the phrase, if you stay, you play. Everybody gets an opportunity. You know, there are probably about 120, 130, because there's some more adults come in this morning. Adults alone in this space. But it's not just about us creating a space for us to feel cosy and warm and just isn't this lovely. You know, for so many people, the first experience they have of vineyard is when they walk up that hill. And it can feel like a walk, long walk up. But that's the first experience they have, is walking through the door and somebody saying, we are really glad you've come along this morning. Come and have a cup of tea and coffee. Be drawn into this space to connect with God. So, I'd love you to come and check us out after the service this morning. You've got your welcome team. You've got your connect team. We've got our setup team who create this space for us. We've got our media team and we've got our sound team. So please, maybe that's where you fit, but please come and check us out. Thank you. Mm -hmm. even if there's plenty of money they're, they're out in the pubs maybe 
they're just feeling lost, so that's how we can reach those people. And just uh, a quick story or two. Um, three Saturdays ago, or three, um, we were out, and lots of people coming over chatting to us, and Isaac was out with us too, and he, he went for a wee lander, I don't know where he went, but he, uh, he ended up talking to a guy, and just ten minutes later he had brought his friend over to get prayer. He was suffering from bile cancer, and it just really struck me that someone was coming to us to get prayer, just to let hope that we, we could maybe pray for him and heal him. We haven't heard what, what has happened, but it was just, just a pleasure to and you know, pray for someone that, that came to us for, for prayer just by us being there late at night. It's yeah, that's, that's you just need to be present in the moment and, and that can happen. Um there was another story, Dave, all over. No, just uh, quite a few people coming up and just saying that uh, they can sense the presence of God or something different and they don't verbalize it like that, but they, they, they sort of coin that kind of phrase and uh, they sense something different about it and they're always really appreciative of us being there so yeah, well, kind of like that. Yeah, no, it's just it's nice to say people are asking, what are you doing? And we're just, we're just showing God's love. And it's in a real simple way by making tea and coffee. So, at the end, come down to the caravan, get a cup of tea or coffee, and, and if you're interested at all, just come and chat with us. Thank you. I love the idea that the guys are just bringing the presence of Jesus into the town, into the square at that time of night. I just absolutely love that. And I just, I'm really excited to hear more and more as the team goes out, just of stories of, of people coming to know Jesus, people um, being healed, all those things as, as the kingdom breaks out with those guys. Fantastic. Great job. Paul, it's not easy getting up here. Where do you go? There he is. Good man. <laughs> So kids ministries, which happens here on a Sunday morning and uh, in schools, is happening all the time. We're really busy in schools at the minute. I know that Dan told a story, was it last week? Who was here heard the story from last week? Yeah, just about the presence of God in the assembly and that uh, 20-something children responded um, to sensing God's presence. Now, I'm not being funny, all right? Nothing really, it didn't seem like anything amazing really happened in the assembly. It was just ordinary. But what we did was we just invited God's presence. That's the lovely thing that we get to do. When we go into schools, we just let Jesus do the stuff. We just let the Holy Spirit come. And then about 30 kids responded and put up their hand and said they wanted to be a friend of God. And that's just one of the stories that we have uh, that happens in the schools. Many times throughout assemblies and stuff, we've just had the opportunity just to be silent. Like, can you imagine a room of 200 and something kids being silent? That's a miracle in itself, even without them sensing God. Um, and that's the wonderful opportunity that I've had nearly seven years to do, to go into the local schools. And that is my passion and my heart is to see the vision in schools just absolutely implode and explode, to see the teachers experiencing the presence of God, to see healings amongst the teachers, to see healings in assemblies, to see what a God is doing. And it's just absolutely amazing. So will you pray for us? In that, that's just one story. You see how stories matter, don't you? Yeah, you do, you do. I'm going to tell you some more stories. Our motto in Vineyard Kids, as I'm sure you can see, the very dull area over there with not much colour. Our motto in Vineyard Kids on a Sunday morning is don't just learn it, live it. Can we do that? All right, your part is the live it, okay? And my part is don't just learn it, okay? Don't just learn it, 
Live it. And that's just what we're doing with our boys and girls. Your children, your kids on a Sunday morning, they're the kids, they're the church of today and tomorrow. They're not in a waiting room. They're not in a discipleship waiting room. They are the kids that can go and be leaders. We tell them they can be leaders. They can experience the kingdom of God. They can know Jesus. God give me experience. Look at that wee face there. That's my great nephew here. Look at him. He looks like he's listening. That's a miracle too. We all it. What happens in kids' church? You know, this is the foundation for the future of what you want Vineyard Church Dungannon to look like. If you want Vineyard Church Dungannon to be a place where people are welcomed, they find community, they have fun, they see the sick healed, they get to talk to their friends freely about Jesus. If you want a church that is just normally, supernaturally natural, every day, everywhere, everyone, well then, be part of in your kids because you're, you're growing our kids in the presence of God. I can't say we're the best church, kids' church in the world. We're nearly there. <laughs> I can't say we are. But the thing that we have is God's presence. Yes. And right now, they're hearing about what Jesus did when he was here, what we can do because he lives within us, and what our churches do. So they're doing exactly the same teaching as you. Some stories, really quickly, before Michelle says, get down. A five-year-old comes to me one morning, she says, Cheryl, God spoke to me in my devotion. She couldn't even say the word devotions, her mum helped her to say that big word. God told me that when I was afraid last night in the storm, he was going to be with me. Another one, a three-year-old, when she heard her, this is really good, when she heard her sister crying because she was afraid, she started to quote the verse that we've been teaching them, to not be anxious about anything, but in every day, my parents on vacation with Thanksgiving, that your first to be Lord on God. And the toy is two, and she got to lay hands on Karen Sampson. Isn't that right? Karen's not here this morning, but she texted me and said that there was definitely a development with her voice, because obviously Karen's nearly lost her voice through operations and stuff, and she could feel the heat through Anna Joy's hand. Lara Gulby, this is the last one. Lara Gulby last week got a picture there down in Ignite, the P6P7s. They get to come up and pray for you guys straight after the celebration. If you want to see God come in your life, let a child pray for you. Is that all right? Yeah. Will you do that? Uh, Lara Gulby, she's P6. Uh, she's coming in to pray for the adults. The time's nearly done. The adults are nearly all away. She's got a picture down in Ignite of a lady with uh, curly blonde hair who really needs to be encouraged. Somebody over here's got curly blonde hair um, that has just been visiting us. I think a one-off or something. And uh, Lara, um, the teacher, uh, where is it, Denise, was it? Really encouraged her to come over and pray with the team. She lays hands on her. The woman starts to feel the Holy Spirit go through her. And even tells Denise afterwards and stuff that she couldn't have been more encouraged. Isn't that right, Anne? Anne told us that story on Monday in the staff room. Why? Because a child can hear God. Yeah. Why? Because the Holy Spirit can move through a kid. Why? Because they can be leaders in their generation. They're your children. They're not, my, they're not just my kids. They're our children. So guys, encourage them. Bless them. Lift them up. And come and join Vineyard Kids to see what God's doing. our prison ministry that for many of you you may not even know exists. So, Louise, over to you. Okay, um, it's a good week to talk about this. Prison week is actually this week. So, 
if you check out the table down the back, there's leaflets which are um, prayer points for the week, okay? Um, what we do as volunteers is go in um, alongside Bernardo's as part of their Family Matters program. Um, we get to just really create a really good environment that the dads can build relationships with their kids. So we maybe do art and crafts, we just get to chat, we get to pray. If we have the opportunity to do that, we ask them, you know, would they like prayer? We get to talk to the dads, to the families, to the staff as well. So it's just a really good opportunity to bring in um, what God wants us to. You know, he wants to talk to prisoners, he wants um, them to know that he loves them as well. So it's just really about bringing in light and bringing in hope into that place. So that's what we do with Family Matters and Bernardo's. Um, other things that are happening in the prison at the moment, there's things like an alpha course that's hopefully going to run. So that's hoping to maybe start in the new year. Um, they have said yes, it's just getting dates and things for that. So that's happening as well. Um, there's also a choir that started. The prisoners themselves are actually pulled in their own little small groups. So there's lots of positive stories out there, not just the negative ones that you hear all the time as well. So check out the prison table down at the back and sign up for maybe a prayer email from us. Mark also help out as well, it's weird. Oh, we were down
I have a passion. I have a passion. God's put something in my heart. Well, then I want you to take the brave step of picking up the phone and saying to Jason and I, can I come and talk to you? And tell, tell us what your vision is. Because we always say this, whatever God is doing with you, he's doing with us. So God is putting a, a passion and a vision in your heart. All our ministries have grown and developed because people have had a passion and a vision for it. it we can't be the only people that have a passion and a vision. So if God's speaking to you about some things, would you come? Would you, would you be brave and would you make that phone call? Would you come? We'll sit and have a chat and see what the Lord wants to do about those things. Okay. Sharon and Alan. Alan. <laughs> you mean you're not coming to Worship, um, a lot of you here will not need to know why we do it because I think this morning a lot of you found out why we do worship. Hands up who felt the connection with God this morning when we were singing to him, so I don't need to say anything more. <laughs> so what is worship? Um, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, this is from the message, says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you, take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. So worship is an everyday part of our lives, whether it's helping someone at reach on a Thursday, or maybe just holding a door open for someone. Um, on a Tuesday or deciding what way you spend your money um, when you get it in we're called to worship God in everything um, so these are all ways we can worship God in our personal lives but we need something that we can all do together on a Sunday and the easiest thing to do is to sing and play music together so as a band up here on the stage it's, it's our job to create a space or a place where everyone out here can meet and encounter God it's a place where simple songs can put wings to the prayers of those who have gathered to worship and a place where people can respond to the love of God. So looking at Jesus' life, I'm sure he expected his Father's kingdom to break in every time he prayed on his own, every time he healed someone, every step he took was when he could expect God's kingdom to come to earth. Um, and we all carry the kingdom of God every step we take. So we want to see God's kingdom break in while we're singing songs to him, because why wouldn't it? Um, and the joy of being part of the band up here is that we're in a great position. Maybe people come here on a Sunday morning and they're just not in a place where they feel they can sing the words of the songs. Um, and it was perfect today. I was writing this earlier on this week and Sam's just picked a few great songs that tie in with it. So when we sing, the kingdom comes and mountains that people are facing they crumble and it was one of the songs if faith can move the mountains let the mountains move chains are broken and we're singing there's power in the name of jesus to break every chain um, and the deep songs of our hearts are released and we can walk ever closer with god so as much as as it helps to be able to play your instrument well it's not so much about how well we can play um, but it's about our passion to see lives transformed everyone who sits on one of these seats on a sunday morning um, and as I said at the start, our job is only to create a space where this can happen. Um, so having said that, I want to thank everyone, the band who is up this morning, everyone who's part of the band already, and everyone who has ever been part of the worship band. Thank you so much for 
for creating that space at some point as you've been up here because people are released from chains and mountains crumble and all that sort of stuff which is just awesome so thank you for that and if you can play an instrument voice included and your passion is to see um, lives change then come and have a wee look at our stuff and we'll be there to chat to you about that after Okay, our final pair. Best of last, yeah, maybe. Well, not, not, that's not a reflection everyone else has gone before. Everyone's wonderful. Brian and Nigel. <laughs> Take your time now, lads. You rush, you rush. You're on the arrow all day. I'm just going to hand it over and go away. Good. My name is Mohammed. I'm 26 years old. I'm from Dartfair in southwest Sudan. Um, my country is very rich. You think it's poor because that's what you've heard. But many times as I've gone through the fields, I've kicked up nuggets of gold out of the ground. But my country is in turmoil and um, the rebels have fought against the government and I've had to flee. So I fled to the centre of Sudan, which is very poor. But there I again meet government forces, and I think that I'm a rebel um, running away from the trouble in Darfur. So they want to kill me, so I run again. And with what money I have gathered up, I have been able to uh, get onto a pickup truck and go across the Sahara Desert. And for eight days, we sat in a convoy of trucks, sitting on the edge of this truck. And after two days, our water and our food ran out. It's 50 degrees during the day and it's freezing at night. And the mafia who have, who are driving the truck, have taken our water, have taken our food. And some of us have died on the journey. We've been buried in the sand and the truck moves on. And I... I've had to uh, drink my own urine to stay alive on that trip. Um, I'm now in this jungle in Cali, along with many of the women folk who came with us, most of whom now are pregnant because of the journey and the traffickers. Um, but thank you for the cup of tea that you made for me. I appreciate it. My name is also Mohammed. I'm a 24-year-old commando in the Afghan army. I fought against the Taliban for four years. Um, I can show you a picture of my uh, rifle, my sniper's rifle, which is tripod. I can also show you a picture of my younger brother lying dead in the battlefield. I can also show you a picture of my father, who was captured by the Taliban, and had both his legs broken, and his face smashed in. I, uh, I'm now in the West, with whom I fought, and no one wants me. Um, I'm a proud man, um, but thank you for the opportunity that you made me. So Brian said he'd do a few stories when I was to tell you about it with the camera. Can I walk and talk? Um, I'll give you out something, and probably cases you mark as making know what this is. 
you can pass them around. Anybody wants a souvenir, one after, or a sinner's group kind of a souvenir. Um, so, yeah, I was to tell you something about the camp. What did I tell you? There's 10,000 people in it. 1,200, or sorry, 1,020 underage kids. Some of them younger than Erna Coleman. Um, unaccompanied. What would I tell you? Maybe the camp's hot, Brian, would you say? What size? An acre and a half. An acre and a half, 10,000 people. Tents so tightly packed that you can't stand between them. Um, probably half a dozen water taps among 10,000 people and maybe 100 toilets. The place is rife with infection. It's an old landfill site. It's built to say a chemical plant. There's permanent smell from the chemical plant. Um, it's running with rats. I was going to tell you all that and elaborate a wee bit about it and then I found um, a video last night. So maybe Matty can play the video and then I'll chat for a few minutes. Right now it's a crisis. Hundreds of refugee children are alone in the county jungle, trying to survive with no mum or dad to look after them. These children have fled danger. They fled war zones. They fled chemical weapons. They walked across Europe at risk of traffickers. You know, they don't know what's going to happen and it's terrifying for them. When they go to bed, they don't have their loved ones around them. There's no bedtime stories here. Um, it's not a safe place to be. It's a completely open camp. He's an adorable, cute, um, cheeky eight-year-old. Why do you look in his eyes and he's traumatised? We need to do something to help as many of these vulnerable young people as we possibly can. I've seen firsthand what a refugee camp is like and I know we cannot stand by and do nothing while children are scared, alone and in danger from traffickers. That's why Comic Relief is supporting vital projects to bring these children to safety. Please share this video and if you want to find out more, visit helprefugees.org.uk or safepassage.org.uk. These children need our help. Thank you. Christians. 
And the only Christian presence that I know of in the camp is one uh, lady who gives out tea and coffee, and she probably manages to reach about 5% of the people there. So, you know, I suppose the question is, why are we there, or why are we going to continue being there? Well, from my point of view, I want to try and put my figure out. Because, maybe I'm wrong, but are there 30 million people in the UK reading a different Bible than what I am? Because it's, it's a different message? Or they're not reading it or whatever, I don't know. Um, another one very quickly. Can anybody, does anybody know the name Magdalene McCann? Everybody, anybody familiar with the Magdalene McCann case? Is there anybody in the room who I, if I said now, I'm going to wind time back and I'm going to take a flight and I'm going to stand outside that church window so that she's safe in her bed. Is there anybody who would come with me? Anybody in the room? Yeah. Stick your hand up. Okay. 1,020 kids in the jungle in Cali, folks. And we don't need to wind the, the clock back. Thank you. Oh, by the way, the round discs, anybody have any idea what they are? Everybody see one? No. Stay good job. Very good. It's the rubber bullets the French used to control the thousand and twenty kids. Thank you. Well, should we stand? What an amazing community of faith we have. Stories of faith, stories of hope and love. And that's a model that we, we've given away, here, near and far. And so as Michelle said this morning, this is not sales pitch, this is not trying to get a recruitment drive, I mean that's, people's lives are far too precious for us to try and sell you the story. We're not here to do that. But we are here to live the life of Christ, to give to the world what God has given to us here in Dungannon. And uh, I'm just humbled and amazed at, at what you're doing as a community of faith. We surely are moving forward together. And it's beautiful to watch. So let's just pray that God would do something exponential in our hearts, in our town, with our resources, with our energy, and with our gift, that we would use it here, near, and far. Would you do that? Anybody ask you to do something really simple? Just to put your hands out this morning. And just would ask that the presence of Christ would come. The Holy Spirit would fill us with dreams, with vision, with the thought, with the picture. With a solution that transforms lives and communities and nations and cities and towns. There's answers in this room and so often we're asking God to move and God is sending us. So often we're saying, God, would you do this? Would you do that? Would you be the resource? Would you be the answer? And God is saying, we will go. And so I really sense this morning, whatever the Father is speaking to you, would you have the courage? Would you have the, the tenacity and would you have the... The will to say, here am I, send me. It's so easy to stay around the presence and around the throne, but the beautiful thing is that his presence goes with us. It always works, walks with us.
So God, would you come right now and depart your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Ignite dreams and passion again in our hearts as a community of faith here at Vineyard Church in Gannon. God, I want to give thanks to you for the generosity of your people, for money that's been given, for time that's been spent, for nails that have been hammered into pieces of wood, for sound that's been checked, for lights that have been put on. God, I want to thank you for children that have been taught, God, children that have found hope and love. Thank you, God, that we have this amazing opportunity to walk freely, freely through classrooms, bringing the presence of Jesus Christ in practical ways that change and transform young people's lives and bring them into their destiny. Thank you, Father God, that we're free to walk on the streets on Friday nights, God. That we're not hindered, that we're not held back, that we're not enforced to, to stop proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of heaven. That, God, you have come and your kingdom is here and there, just, and there is hope. For everyone. I want to thank you for that this morning, God. I want to thank you for each person that gets up early on the Sunday morning and walks in here, that puts in a plug, that puts in coffee in their cup, and that welcomes a stranger and says, You are welcome here. Here is a place for you to belong. But they would ultimately sit in a seat, feel the presence of Yahweh the King, hear the words of ancient scripture proclaimed, and see their lives transformed forever and ever. We thank you that this is a place of exceedingly and abundantly hope. We thank you, Father God, that you are the God of hope, that your direction that you take us is never inward but always outward. God, that you take us on the journey of hope, the direction of hope, and ultimately to the destination of hope someday. And so I just pray for every ministry in this place right now. Thank you for the ways that is actually in hurting that are going in to set the prisoners free, to emancipate them in their mind, in their thoughts, in their families, God. We thank you for this amazing, amazing ministry. It may be quiet, God. It may be shut in, but the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing in the prison, God. Would you do something ex just explosive in those places, God? Would you set those people free? God, set them free in their hearts, God. Set them free in their minds, God. And God, would you transform their lives with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray for Alpha that explains faith in a practical way that kicks off in January in prison. God, I pray that many, 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 many prisoners would come to know Jesus Christ and have their lives transformed, just as you did with the Jihadi priest called Paul on the road to Tarsus. God, would you do that in our community, in our nation, and in our town, God. And I pray for those in Cali, and I pray for those in uh, Dunkirk today, God, would you raise up an army, God, would the church be the first response, God, would we not be the people that are holding back the stories, God, I pray that it would be the most natural thing for a Christian be, to be there, it would be the natural story for the church to be among the broken, the destitute, the stranger, and those who are just misplaced, we welcome the stranger in this place, we welcome the strangers in this town in Dungannon. And we thank you. God, we pray for Avanish this morning than that. God, we pray for freedom in his villages and in his towns. God, we pray that you would supply their need this day, God, whatever they need. And everyone who is thankful and who has bowed their knee to King Jesus this morning, would you say yes and amen with us this morning? We say yes. And amen. We say yes and amen. To the promises of God, we say yes and amen. To God's potential in our hearts and in our thoughts and in our dreams, we now say.